Aaron Rodgers is out with a torn Achilles. Can the Saints get their minds right and steal a win against the Panthers? Derek Carr almost walked away from football. Can Tennessee win in the swamp? The Bengals released a lot of Collins. The NCAA got death threats against the Tez Walker situation. South Carolina is trying to talk against Georgia. Chris Jones is back, but what about Travis Kelsey? And was the NFL NBA now calling for grass in all stadiums? We've got a lot to cover on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake's So 14. Joining me later on for Christie's Corner is my co-host, Christine. You can find her on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Christine underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all different sports and different forms and varieties. Well, before we begin, first things first, obviously happy week two. You know, it's great. You know, obviously at the time of this recording, it's Thursday. So we've got the Eagles and the Vikings playing. So that's going to be a very exciting game. You know, you've got a great young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Obviously, I'm biased towards him because he went to Alabama with me with two of the best wide receivers going against another top receiver in the Vikings. So it's going to be, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith versus... Justin Jefferson, that's just, you know, a lot of star power. I'm excited for it. Obviously, I have Justin Jefferson in one fantasy league and Devontae Smith in another fantasy league. So definitely get excited for that. And I know that with NFL, they're trying to make the Thursday night games more exciting because last year, don't remind me, we had the Colts versus the Broncos. And for all Colts and Broncos fans, I do apologize for that, but that was not a good game whatsoever. This game is expected to be good, so get excited for that. Now, moving on to our first point, which is in regards to Aaron Rodgers, who has a torn Achilles, torn, ruptured, I've heard both, but he will be out for the rest of the year. This is a very big blow for the New York Jets because he lasted one drive, and then he tried to get up, and he just couldn't, and he just ended up sitting back down on the ground, and obviously the Jets went on to win the game, but this is a very tough week for teams in the New York area. You know, the Bills just had a terrible outing with Josh Allen committing four turnovers, and I can't remember the last time he did that. The Giants got destroyed against the Cowboys. The Yankees aren't doing too well, neither are the Mets. So you look at it, and it's just a struggling time for New York teams. Aaron Rodgers had come in. He was expected to be, you know, obviously the savior for the New York Jets and to bring them into the playoffs. And usually the Jets are kind of a laughing stock for the NFL. And this year they weren't expected that. They have a great defense. They have, you know, one of the best young corners in Sauce Gardner. You've got a talented wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. You brought in Al Lazard and you have Tyra Conklin. You've got a pretty decent offensive line, and then you lose your quarterback on the first drive. It's just something that no one expects. You know, I was watching the Manning cast, and I saw Eli and Peyton just look in disbelief because they're quarterbacks who they know Aaron Rodgers well, they played against him, and they're familiar with him. And, you know, you have this struggle. Now, it leads into some other questions. Should Aaron Rodgers retire? No. You know, Aaron Rodgers is not someone who's going to let an injury define him. You know, he, it's happened to him before, he'll, he'll be fine. Yes, I know he is in his late 30s, but he wants to try and play as long as Tom Brady played. And I think it's possible. Now, next up, how will the Jets do without him? 
and turning the reins over to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson played a pretty good game. You know, he's played efficient. He has the tools around him, but he needs the consistency. And I was bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, who had worked with Aaron Rodgers before and had this offense set up for Aaron Rodgers. It's going to take some time for Zach Wilson to get things going. But I think they can make some noise. Now, however, you look at the AFC East right now, this is going to be a pretty competitive division. You saw that the Dolphins had a very dominant win against the Los Angeles Chargers. You saw the Patriots, who brought in a new offensive coordinator, go pretty neck and neck with the Philadelphia Eagles, only losing by five. So I look at this and say, you know, this division could be pretty good. And obviously, you know, once Josh Allen figures some stuff out, he should be fine. But this could be a really competitive division. I know people are saying that the AFC North is going to be the best. Look out for the AFC East. They could actually make some noise this year. Now, hopefully the Jets figure some things out. Brees Hall looks amazing, you know, for how he was running the ball. And it didn't even look like he was someone who had gotten injured last year. They're still trying to figure out how to use Dalvin Cook, which will take some time. But I think with the Jets, they should be fine. I mean, Robert Saylor is someone who they're going to rally around. He's a lot like Dan Campbell. And we obviously saw what the Detroit Lions can do. So I'm open to seeing what the Jets can do. So, you know, I don't expect them to necessarily get everything figured out in one week. But they are going to move forward with Zach Wilson. They might bring in a quarterback to back him up, you know, Maybe a Ben DiNucci, Trace McSorley. There have been talks about training for Jameis Winston. Whatever it is, they'll figure it out. Remember, it's week one. We can't just assume everything after one week. Now, on to our next point, which is in regards to the New Orleans Saints. Now, the New Orleans Saints are have a new quarterback. They have their returning wide receivers with Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, and Chris Olave. Obviously, they're without Alvin Kamara, but they have a lot of other players who are returning, and they've got a dominant defense. They go on and play the Carolina Panthers this week. They obviously had a tough loss against the Atlanta Falcons, and Bryce Young obviously you know, had some rookie mistakes where he had two interceptions, but he did throw his first touchdown. So with this comes up the question, can the Saints beat the Panthers? And the reason I ask this is because every year – Whenever they play the Panthers, they struggle. No one knows why, and no one understands it. I think this could be the year where they don't struggle, because in this game, the Panthers you know, are breaking in a rookie quarterback, and I love Bryce Young, too, but they also don't have J.C. Horn, and they have question marks in the defense. Now, Brian Burns is still there, and he is a terrific pass rusher. Now, whether he's going up against Ryan Ramchek or if he's going up against Trevor Penning, we'll see. The Saints had allowed four sacks against Derek Carr when he played the Titans last week. But the Titans have a really good pass rush. With the Panthers, it's Brian Burns and then you have a few other players too. But you also have Shai Tuttle. So anything is possible. But I think with this, you come in with your three best wide receivers healthy. Chris Olave is someone who you can line up anywhere Michael Thomas is a big physical receiver. Rashid Shaheed is fast. And all three of them looked really good when playing against the Titans. But you also have a quarterback who can get the ball to him. 
with Derek Carr, he had almost similar stats as Drew Brees did when playing in their first Saints game ever. That's something to kind of be on the lookout for. Now, with this, though, too, it kind of depends on which version of the Saints show up. Remember, they don't have Alvin Kamara for two more games. Jamal Williams struggled in his first start as a Saint. Is it entirely his fault? No, maybe the offensive line just didn't get enough holes going. But you've got a pretty good offensive line. You've got Ryan Ramchick, Andres Pete. Those two are pro bowlers and players who play pretty well. You have Cesar Ruiz, who can be a big question mark. But then you've got Eric McCoy, who is probably one of the best and most underrated centers in the NFL. You know, he reminds me a lot of a younger Jason Kelsey. You know, someone you pick in the later round and then he goes on and surprises you. That's what I think of when I think of Eric McCoy. So this is a pretty good offensive line. Now, they just need to protect Derek Carr and give opportunities for... Jamal Williams to run. We don't know if Kendra Miller is going to be playing. He wasn't playing in the first game. Maybe he'll play in this game. We truly do not know. But I think this Saints team could potentially steal a win against the Panthers. I was talking to my friend Tyler a few weeks ago. And he had mentioned that the Saints have the opportunity to go and be 6-0. And that they don't face a quarterback until Daniel Jones who can be elite. I agree with that. Right now, you have a lot of young quarterbacks going on. The Saints also have one of the best defenses with DeMario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, and Tyron Matthew. You have four players who are pro bowlers. They can win these games. But also, we just have to see what happens. Sometimes Dennis Allen can make some really weird decisions, and I don't know why. So I'm hoping that they can steal a win, but they also have the opportunity to steal a win against the Panthers and start the season 2-0. Now, speaking of the Saints, it is a little important that we discuss something in regards to Derek Carr. So I was reading something earlier that stated that Derek Carr was actually thinking about retiring. Now, I feel like at first you read something like this and you think, that's kind of weird. Why would he retire? He has a lot left in the tank. That's not what we were talking about. It breaks down all the daunting things that happen. You know, you get brought in. You have different coaches come in, different general managers come in. You move from Oakland to Las Vegas and because Mark Davis is an idiot for that. And then you kind of just learn more and more about how things were just being hard on him too. And, you know, he reached out to his brother, David Carr, who played in the NFL and he just was trying to figure out that connection. You know, you bring in Devontae Adams and you think that's going to work. And then really the team that drafted you kind of says, nope, we're going to release you. We want to go in a different direction. And after a while, you know, you just kind of think, you know, maybe I should look into something else. He then gets a connection with Michael Thomas. And then everyone just starts supporting him in New Orleans. His wife meets Gail Benson and she feels welcomed, and everyone else just loves to connect with him. And Derek Carr has other visits lined up, and they can kind of say, no, I think we should move to New Orleans. And, you know, Drew Brees is still there with his wife, Brittany, and they were a big part of the New Orleans community. They still are. And I think with this, it's just something where you look at it and think, you know, would it make sense for Derek Carr 
to kind of give up this. And I don't think so. I think with him, he did the right thing with kind of evaluating stuff. You know, he has four kids. And this is obviously something we're seeing in the Kelsey documentary with Jason Kelsey, how you want to put your kids first. But Derek Carr still has a lot left in the tank. You know, now he's in a situation where he feels appreciated. You know, he's playing for the coach that drafted him. You've got some stability in this organization. He had looked for certain things in an organization. Does this team win and lose together as a team? What's their history like? How are they over the past few years? He was looking for things like that. And New Orleans checked all those boxes. And I mean, he's not going to forget the Raiders and say, yeah, you know, y'all never did anything for me. But they kind of just, I don't want to say kick them to the curb, but they kind of said, you know, we'll go in a different direction. And it is pretty tough because this is a team where he always had to leave them from behind. You know, they never built correctly around him and they don't have the best drafting strategy. Now you have a team that you bring him in and he doesn't have to worry about doing everything. He can also play to his strengths and play to the goals of everyone around him. So I feel like with this move to New Orleans, he's going to be more excited and he's a lot ready for the next steps and more growth in his career. And it's Friday, which means that it is time for Christie's Corner. Everyone take a seat and listen as she goes over some different topics regarding the NFL some college football, and what's going on with some of our teams in week two and week three of college football and the NFL. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. I feel like this episode is going to be super jam-packed of lots of college football news, but we are right in the midst of college football season, so it makes sense. So, The first point we're going to talk about is Tennessee. Tennessee is going to the swamp. They are playing Florida this weekend. And this is a big game in a lot of different ways. So first of all, it's big for Florida's coach Napier. He is actually, well, last year he was 0-4 for all of the rivalry games. Um, So obviously they have a lot to prove. He himself has a lot to prove and he has ties to Tennessee. His dad's side of the family is from Tennessee. His dad used to coach, not at Tennessee, but he coached football in Tennessee schools. So lots of connections there. And they are actually, Florida is the first football team to have a coach to lose to all four rivals in the same season. So I feel like this year they're probably just looking to beat that, even if it's just by one team. Also, there's quite a history for the winner of this game. Um, They have advanced to the SEC title game 12 times between 93 and 09. Now, I know that's been a while, but I feel like the way that SEC is going this year, this game could give us a team that might be a playoff contender. So that's something to look for there. Um, Josh Huppel also has ties in Florida, not this school specifically, but obviously he was a coach at UFC for a while. So there's just a lot on the line for both teams here. And I do think it's going to be a defining game for whoever wins. 
The next game that's going to be huge again is college is the first conference game for the SEC. They're going to open the conference games. This is South Carolina versus Georgia. Now, obviously, South Carolina is one and one with that surprising loss. And Georgia hasn't played a team that's really going to test them. Now, we did see some things with Ball State in that game where they kind of struggled or they just should have played better than they did but both of these teams have really struggled with the run game so it's really whoever is going to get that ground game going first is going to have the more dominant game so it could be South Carolina unless Georgia really attacks the pocket and Rattler is really getting pressured because If the run game isn't going well, they're going to fall back on the passing game. So that's going to be an interesting game to watch as well, especially as it's opening the conference games. And the big wigs of college football are in some hot water. So you'll remember a story we did. I think I did it on Christie's Corner. It was about a month ago about a UNC wide receiver named Tez Walker and The NCAA deemed him ineligible to play this season because he is a two-time transfer. He appealed this decision because he transferred due to a family member being in poor health and he wanted to be closer to them. The NCAA has denied this appeal, so he will not be eligible to play. And what has happened is some Big time people and of course the coach at UNC have said basically that this decision is appalling. While this is causing UNC fans to send violent and even some death threats to big time board members at the NCAA. So this is really going back and forth and it's not looking good. It's really hard for me to pick a side here because I can understand the NCAA's point. You have to stick with your rules or people are going to try to keep bending them. Now, do I think there should be some leniency when there's health-related issues involved? I do. And I understand why UNC fans are so upset. So I don't think we've quite heard the end of this story. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Tez Walker or even his family file a lawsuit here. So keep an eye out for that. And, of course, we still do have some stories out of the NFL. First story is the Bengals releasing Leo Collins. So he's now going to be considered a free agent. A lot of people were surprised by this move, but once you dig into it, it kind of makes sense. So he's kind of recouping from a torn ACL issue. I think that happened back in December, and now he has some back issues. He is 30 years old, so... You know, for an O-line person, this can be rather old. They Their bodies take a lot. And the Bengals did sign Orlando Brown Jr. kind of in his place, even though he was still on the team. So even if Collins came back to the Bengals, he was going to come back as a backup. So I don't see see the shock and the surprise maybe just with the timing now that the season started you would think they would have had their minds made up but I'm not surprised and I think we'll see him get picked up I don't think this will be the end for him 
But someone who is back with their team is Chris Jones. He signed a one-year contract back with the Chiefs. Now, this is a very incentive-ridden contract. I can't remember all of the logistics, but basically the better he plays, the more money he makes. And then if he wins the MVP award at the end of the year, he gets more. So I think there was one, like if he has 15 tackles, he gets 500,000. So it's basically a deal full of incentives. Now he was grouped in with Travis Kelsey in practice on Wednesday being limited. So his reason, Chris Jones reason is basically he just has to make sure he's in shape. He hasn't been at practice or playing because of this holdout. So they just want to make sure he's healthy and he's in shape. So I'm not sure if we'll see him week two, but he'll definitely be back soon. Also, we are expecting to see Travis Kelsey back. We know he had his hyperextended knee, which caused bone bruising. So as long as that swelling is staying down, they are expecting him to play in week two. And now my favorite part is picking some games. We're going to start with SEC games. Of course, we have Bama versus South Florida. And it's interesting. They're actually traveling to South Florida. Usually the smaller teams come to you. But I'm going to go with Bama there. And I really, really hope to see some improvements with that O-line. Then we have LSU versus Mississippi State. This is one I'm really excited to watch. I feel like hearing these teams at first, you would automatically pick LSU. But so far with the season they're having, I wouldn't be surprised here if Mississippi State either came close or beat them by a small margin. Then we have Kansas State versus Missouri. It's another one of those games. Before the season, I would have easily said Missouri, but... I'm not afraid to say Kansas State here. Of course, we have South Carolina versus Georgia. I'm going to say Georgia, but obviously I hope South Carolina can shake things up. And then we have that Tennessee versus Florida game I mentioned before. I'm going to say Tennessee here just because of their consistency. Georgia Tech versus Ole Miss. I'm going to pick Ole Miss. This next one, Texas A&M versus UL Monroe. Man, I picked Texas A&M last week, and that was hard for me to do, and they lost. I want to pick them this week and give them grace, but the way it's going, it's not looking good. We have BYU versus Arkansas. I'll pick Arkansas there. And Akron versus Kentucky. Kentucky's looking pretty strong this year, so we'll stick with them. And I just pulled out a few NFL games, games that mean something to me or I think might be interesting. So, of course, I'm going to talk about the Dolphins versus the Pats. Um, This has been a really hard couple weeks for me in the NFL. First, we had Jalen versus Mack. Now we're going to have Tua versus Mack. It's super hard for me to pick these just because of how much of a Bama fan I am. Of course, I want to see Mack succeed, but... I feel like Tua and his team, they're not as new as Mac and all of his team. So I'm going to go with Dolphins here. I love you, Mac. Um, Packers versus Falcons. I'm actually really excited for this game, and I think the Falcons can win it. Another game that I think is going to be super interesting, especially with 
the Aaron Rodgers injury is the Jets versus Cowboys. This is going to kind of determine if the Cowboys are the real deal and if the Jets are going to be okay without Aaron Rodgers. And then another game super interesting, especially for us, is Saints versus Panthers. I know Jake's going to be so torn about this game, wanting the Saints to win, but also wanting Bryce to do really well. And I'm going to pick the Panthers here. But we will recap all of that for you next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. It is great that we have so much going on in the NFL and in the SEC. I'm very interested to see if Tennessee can come up with a win in the Swamp. The Swamp is probably one of the hardest places to win, especially when the Gators like to play some Tom Petty. And also with it, I'm very interested to see what happens between South Carolina and Georgia because as said on Paul Feinbaum's show, Georgia hasn't played anybody yet, Paul. Now, for going on to our pickums, I am rooting for Bryce Young and the Saints because I know Bryce Young plays against the Saints. But, I mean, I got to go with the Saints here. But, obviously, let's start off with our SEC teams and then just kind of go from there for who we think is going to win. So, the Alabama-South Florida, I could see this going to Alabama. I feel like they just want to get it back to basics. You know, right now they're going to rediscuss who's going to start a quarterback. So keep your eyes open there. LSU, Mississippi State. I'm going to Mississippi State. LSU had that really tough loss against Florida State and they did struggle. So I could see Mississippi State playing spoiler. Missouri, Kansas State. I'm going with Kansas State. Missouri just doesn't have the firepower. Georgia, South Carolina, I'm going to go Georgia, but keep an eye. South Carolina likes to play upset maker. Texas A&M, UL Monroe, I'm going A&M. They want to try and rebound. Tennessee, Florida, I'm going to go with Tennessee here, but I could see Florida making it a close game. Sanford, Auburn, I'm going with Auburn, but you know they haven't really played anyone yet. Vanderbilt, UNV, I'm going Vanderbilt U- over UNLV. They will hopefully move to 3-1. Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, I'm going Ole Miss. BYU, Arkansas, I'm going to go with Arkansas. Kentucky, Akron, I'm going with Kentucky. Now moving on to our NFL teams as well. So obviously, we've got the Titans and Chargers. I'm going to go the Chargers here. I feel like the Titans still have a lot of questions to look into and just kind of break down. Then we've got Falcons, Packers. I'm going to go... With the Packers here, they had a great week one. The Falcons, I feel like, just cannot beat this defense. And it's probably going to be one of the best defenses they've played in a while. Next up, we've got the Saints-Panthers. I'm going the Saints, even though Christy decided that she would go to the Panthers. I love Bryce Young. I'm always going to root for Bryce Young. But I feel like I have to go to the Saints here because I am someone who is from the Gulf Coast, and I grew up so close to New Orleans. But finally, we move on to our last point, which is in regards to the NFLPA calling for grass in all the stadiums. I like it. I think this is very important for this league to do. We've had so many injuries happen because of non-contact. The Aaron Rodgers situation happened because of non-contact. Maybe it's a time where we have to look and say, you know, we should get rid of this Asher turf, you know, you think about how you've seen so many different injuries happen and you say, yeah, we should totally get 
into this or get rid of this, and then nothing happens. Now the NFL Players Association is saying, hey, we should do something about this. Aaron Rodgers is a big part of the NFL. We just can't let him just sit there and suffer. You know, it comes down to, can we actually get the support? Can we actually get people who are going to help out? I'm not too sure. But it's good to know that the NFL Players Association is very interested in making a difference to make sure that we have the support and the growth to allow other players those opportunities to grow. But that was going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for the love and support. We could not have grown without y'all. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, jakesil 14 You can follow Christy on Instagram, TikTok, at Christy underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports and different forms and varieties. And you can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're basically on all podcast platforms. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We really appreciate everything that y'all are doing. We are so excited to be back during football season. This is one of the best times of the year. And making sure that we bring content to everyone here and keeping y'all engaged. And as always, as always, as always, continue to be great. Be the best version that you can be. Bring smiles into this world. Be a light in this world. The world is still a very scary place and needs our help. And as always, we will listen and hear from you all later. Take care.